It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Summer Conversation Series, Episode 2, with Debbie Tannenbaum. What's up, Punk Rock Classrooms crew? This is Josh Buckley. On this episode of the Summer Conversation Series, Mike sits down with author and educator Debbie Tannenbaum to talk to her about what she would do to change education. Remember, that's our big summer conversation question asking every guest this summer. That's the focus, along with a little bit of discussion about Debbie's new book. So check it out. Give it a listen. Here we go. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Maybe you're sitting on a beach somewhere. Uh, I am Mike, and I'm super excited today to have um, a very special guest on with me. We have Debbie Tannenbaum from, where are you from, Debbie? Um, Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. And we connected through the Teach Better Mastermind, really. Um, And and again, I just got to give a shout out to Teach Better and Dave Schmidto and the whole mastermind um, group in there. It's I've learned so much and made so many strong, powerful connections that have made me not even just a better educator, just a better, you know, individual as a whole. And Debbie's one of these people I connected with. um, So I'm super excited to have her on here. Um, Debbie, you want to give, give the listeners a little bio about who you are? Sure. And I agree with everything you said about the Teach Better Admin Mastermind. It has changed my life. Um, So I am Debbie Tannenbaum. I am a elementary school tech coach in Northern Virginia. I just finished yesterday my third year and I finished my 21st year in education. And I get the privilege of helping educators learn best practices on how to integrate technology into instruction. Um, Every year, my job has been a little different, especially this past year where I felt like I had four jobs. But essentially, in essence, my job is to help, one, support students as part of the master schedule and learn how to use technology tools. But my favorite part is the co-teaching part I do with teachers where I meet with teachers either through email or in person. We decide what the focus of the lesson is, what you know are the learning targets, and we find the best ways to integrate technology into those lessons to really amplify the student learning. And it's been an amazing experience to do that. And so that's what I've been doing on my, in, during my day job, I guess. And then in addition, um, I've been blogging for almost two and a half years now. I started blogging in 2019 in February. And then in addition to that, I've been doing quite a few presentations. I've been taking advantage of the fact that with four kids, I don't have a lot of money to travel. However, I can do virtual presentations and it doesn't cost me a whole lot. And I still get to meet amazing educators and um, share some of the things that I really feel passionate about. And then I guess most importantly, I'm I'm not sure if it's most importantly anymore. Most excitingly, um, I published my book this past um, on my birthday last month, almost a month ago now. Awesome. Yeah. So we definitely are going to be talking about the book today, which I I love as well. You know, I I was fortunate enough to, to read it. I get to read an early I don't want to say early, but you know, I I got a chance to see it kind of before, before many other people did. So, and I, and I love your book. Um, Yeah. I got to agree with you though, with these conferences before, like I was able to speak at like local conferences, you know, like I go away for a night and be back, but with 
how the pandemic did make that shift to more virtual platforms, being able to reach, I mean, across the country, you know, conferences that you would never go to, because I have two young kids as well. Like, so it's hard to just be like, hey, I'm leaving for four days. You know, I'll see you guys soon. Um, so I agree. I mean, that's one, like we've talked a lot about what are the positives that came out of the pandemic. And I think that is one for just PD for us. Absolutely. Um, all right. So before we talk about your book, I do have one question for you. Sure. It's a tough question. Um, you know, it's a question we've all been asked before. And, I, and every time I've asked it, I feel like I might have a different answer or a different response or a different twist on the, pre, the, the time I gave the answer before. But if you could change one thing in education, what would that be and why? I think the thing that has really been on my mind the most lately is professional development. I feel like we deliver professional development in such a way that we really do a one size fits all for the most part. And we keep saying that we should, you know, have personalized learning for our students, differentiated instruction, that we should meet our students where they're at. And yet most times we don't really offer that double track agenda to our educators. And I feel really passionate about this. It's one of the reasons that I do love those co-teaching experiences that I get to do because that embedded PD is really where the magic happens. But yet, if you look at most school districts, there's going to be so many PD sessions that are one size fits all, you know, things like do these asynchronous models, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's watched a video while multitasking. <laughs> there really isn't true learning going on there. And I just feel like we spend so much time within our districts trying to plan PD that's, you know, district appropriate, but we all want the same thing. Right. We all want our students to become lifelong learners who are productive members of society and can contribute to society. And yet we seem to have all these different answers of what is PD and what makes things, what makes us better. And yet you and I participate in a group of educators around the world and we discuss these things. Right. And I really feel like there's been a magic in that because I've been able to learn what somebody in Canada does, what somebody in Jordan does, what somebody in Colombia does. We all have the same goal. And yet I feel like PD is put into buckets versus PD really being looked at as a global thing. And I think that it's so wonderful that, you know, a lot of times that PD that's more self-driven is cost prohibitive, but there's been so many amazing, either low cost or free things provided. I mean, I, you and I um, are both, you know, part of the Teach Better Mastermind, Teach Better does their 12-hour live. Right. That is probably one of the best PD events I've gone to all year. And so really looking at things like that, how can we provide more choice and voice for our educators, but also give them models of what we want them to do in our PD? I just sometimes feel like, you know, we're so busy trying to fit things into the budget and time that we really, you know, we have to take care of our educators so they take care of our students the best. And our educators this past year are worn down. Yeah. Definitely. And like, we're trying to get people to come in and we're trying to pay them extra to do this and that. And teachers are just like, I'm tired, you know, right. <laughs> and I don't blame them. It's been a tough year. Yeah. But maybe if we were, if the, what we were giving was more inspiring um, and more motivating it would change that because I know when I'm going to something to learn where I want to learn, 
I'm all in. It isn't something I have to do. It's something I want to do. And so really trying to look at PD in such a way that we're creating a, I want to learn versus I have to, because there's a lot of emphasis, at least in in my experience on compliance when it comes to PD versus innovation and really wanting to, you know, grow as an educator. I just feel like there has to be a shift in that focus. Debbie, I think that that is a great thing. And um, I've been the past few years trying to stress to my staff, find, find different professional developments that's going to engage you that you want to attend. So we could talk, I, I could go on about PD forever. Yeah, I mean, my feeling is, is that just like we have to build relationships with our students, we really need to have that same thing in PD. And so that's one of the reasons that like, with everything that I do on this, in addition to what I do at work, because obviously at work, I have relationships with people, you know, I just started to work on a Facebook community. So like, I'm trying, my feeling is this is not something you do in isolation. This is, uh, this is built on efforts. And so when I, like, I'm doing lots of presentations, I tell people when I come to present, I'm like, to me, this is like your appetizer. These are like, this is like your, you know, coming attractions. If this is something you're interested in, reach out to me because this is not something we do alone. We're all better together. And it's not about me going in, you know, doing this fancy keynote and everybody's cheering or whatever it is. It's about me saying, here's my vision. Do you have a similar vision? Let's work together because if we work together, the kids benefit and we benefit because we're going to learn and it can't just be do this module. Modules are nobody, nobody is engaged by modules. No, no, they're not. (laughs) And honestly, when you do something live and people come to it, there's a different level of engagement. And so whenever I do do professional development, I really try hard to model the different types of blended learning, the student to student engagement, the student to teacher engagement, the content to um, student engagement, and really model those blended learning ideas because if they don't see it in my professional development, they'll, they don't know what it looks like. And we need to know what it looks like before we can ever try to replicate it or do it in our own, you know, style. We can't do it unless we've, if we've never seen it. And so that's where that embedded PD going back to the beginning is so important. Love it. I love it. Well, I think I, I'm, you know, we're going to have to have you come back on and have a bigger discussion because I know Josh is very passionate about professional development as well. So um, once, once our season, you know, summer season's over, we're, we're going to have you get back on to talk. Okay, absolutely. But tell me, but tell, not me, tell everyone else, about this amazing book that, you know, just came out, you know, what, a month or so ago. Um, Tell us about it. I want people to go buy it. I I do too. And not just because I want people to buy my book, but because I really, truly believe in the message. I really believe that using technology is a way to transform learning. And that's the name of the book. And transform is actually, you know, each letter of transform stands for a chapter or a, t- or a topic. And it really tells my story, but gives lots of practical tech tips within. Um, it really talks about, you know, how to kind of get your feet wet. And it tells my story. I was not the best teacher when I first started teaching. And I had a really rough first year. Um, and but I still persisted. Sometimes we have this vision that we're going to come in and we're going to save the world and it's all going to be perfect. Well, not everybody gets that story. And I think probably most people don't. And it really talks about how I had challenges. I kind of went through them and how in my first 
full year of teaching, I found technology and it offered me something that I was looking for that I hadn't found, that it really offered my students engagement. And it wasn't about here, go on this computer and do this program. But it was we we first started working with Scholastic and we had an authentic audience for our writing. They were writing to nominate somebody from the African-American Hall of Fame on Scholastic. They were connecting with educate with not educators with students around the world who were posting, and it was all, of course, very you know safe. But back then, that was a pretty different thing. And you know, as I continued to do these things, I was like, wait a minute, this is really something. And you know, all the way back in two thousand two, which seems forever ago, I you know I got my master's in technology, and it's funny how some things are so different, but some things are you know the same. And you know, I've gone through so many different, uh, I guess, iterations of how to use technology. I remember when I got my master's, Netscape Navigator was like, ooh, fancy. And we don't even ha- I don't even think that exists anymore. But, you know, going from everything from, oh, let's use clickers to get all of our students engaged to let's use a, you know, a Promethean board or a smart board. And, you know, then going into this whole idea of one-to-one instruction and having, you know, our classrooms be, you know, have, have those devices in them and watching it in two different school districts. I was in one school district where I went through the transition and now my school district on now in nail is finally getting to that transition in elementary. And it's really been amazing to watch that transition, but I still see that there's a lot of misunderstandings. And so my book continues by talking about 10 tech tools that really, I feel like transform instruction to me it's more than just you're using the computer for the sake of technology, but you're using the technology to enhance the learning experience and give kids opportunities they couldn't have without. And I tell people all the time when I present, you can't know every tech tool. Right. I say I use 10 that pretty religiously, I guess. There's five that are on my tool belt that I use all the time. And then there's five that I use a lot, but maybe not as much. And then the book really goes into talking about creation. The idea that I'm a big proponent of thinking routines with Project Zero and talking about creating ways of showing representations of student thinking, what creativity really is, and really looking at that. And then in the next part, it talks about that, excuse me, it talks about agency and really nurturing that student agency and empowering students. I work with really, I work K to six, and it talks about how I found icons really help my students hold on to the learning and some other ways that I empowered student learning. And then it kind of takes a little bit of a turn and it focuses on educators. I don't think a lot of books really focus on empowering educators and that you talked about the four o'clock faculty and I think that really does a great job with that. But it talks about you know things like seeking connections outside of your school, which I know you and I have both found so important, finding your PLM, you know, getting connected, I joke that I've had two Twitter journeys. I was first Mrs. Tannenby and then I got hacked and I had to start again as, as Tannenbaum Tech. Turned out to be a great thing for me. Sometimes right. you never know how bad things are going to turn out to be good. And then talks, and then the last part talks about things like offering your voice. I've been blogging for two and a half years. It's such a great thing to do. Educators learn through reflection. Students learn through reflection. It talks about ways to reach beyond your expectations and not be afraid to take risks. Educators are so risk adverse. And I think it's because they fear getting in trouble. Right. I found the greatest success in my career by being vulnerable, which is kind of ironic, you know? Right. 
you have to be authentic. You have to be real because kids respond to that and other educators respond to that. And then it kind of closes talking about some of those opportunities we talked about earlier with professional development, all the great live streams we've had, how educators really had a need to learn this past year. I learned that my instructional assistants in my school were the best assets at my school. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have known that if all of this hadn't happened. Right. And just really figuring out ways that we can maximize learning in the future because there are lessons to be learned from this past year that we should take forward. And it should not be, oh, well, we use technology for everything this year. Let's not use it at all next year. That's not the answer. We really have to be intentional. And I think that too many people are just willing to revert back and we have to take the best of both worlds. And I just think that especially with teachers being tired and with this new year starting, and we're still not hundred percent sure what it's going to look like. Right. Um, we have to be so intentional about how we're doing these things because our students need it. We need to make sure that we're focusing on them and providing what they need. It's not just all about learning loss, but it's about really capitalizing on the strengths that they gain during this period. No, I agree. And I think, you know, like you said, your book, it really came out at the perfect time because we're in this transition where all you heard throughout the pandemic was, you know, virtual learning, technology, this and that. And it's, I'm not trying to say anything bad about some of some educators, but just because a kid is on a computer, right. it doesn't mean you're utilizing technology. I mean, a worksheet, right. uh, 100%. A worksheet on paper that's been scanned and is now on Google Classroom is still a worksheet, you know? It's, yeah, 100%. If it wasn't engaging before, what's going to make it engaging because it's on a screen and, and like, I, I always thought that I was like a pretty tech savvy person and all of this. And when I read your book, I was like, it, it opened my eyes. I was like, man, it, your book made me kind of say, I wish I was kind of back in the classroom. Wow. I could have taken this simple little, and the thing is, I feel your things were, I don't want to say they were simple, but they were things where it's like, oh, I could do this. Right. And that's the, that was the point of this. The point of this is not to make things difficult. The point is, you know, and I tell people when I present all the time, start with one tool because all of the tools that I talk about in my book are tools that will work for, that are versatile. They work for more than one subject. They work for more than one age group. And, you know, that's the important part. And whether you're in team Pear Deck or team Nearpod, the strategies still work. Right. Yeah. And I agree. It's, it's, and it goes back to professional development. You don't want to go to a PD. You don't want to read a book where you now have to spend hours planning before you implement this new strategy you learn. Like you should be right. able to be like, all right, turn around and do it. All right. So Debbie, tell everyone where they can find your book, how they can connect with you. So the book is on Amazon. Um, that's probably the easiest place to get it. If you want a signed copy with some stickers, it's also on my website, tannenbaumtech.com. So that's, absolutely some another place you can get it as well plus you can also get it on road to awesome.net um so those are the best places to get it right now i believe it is coming out if not by the time of this recording but soon on kindle very soon so that's exciting i know a lot of people have asked me about that and we were i was talking to my publisher about it just this morning um so that's the best places to get it right now Awesome. And how can they connect with you on social media and whatnot? Sure. So I'm pretty much Tannenbaum Tech everywhere. Um, Twitter is the place I hang out the most, but I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. 
I now have a new Tannenbaum Tech Facebook group that's purpose is to support educators through these, um, you know, through this. My website, Tannenbaum Tech, I publish blogs about every three days in 2021, which is pretty cool. Um, some of them are tech tips, some are more like, you know, growth mindset related. Um, and I'm hoping this summer to um, get some courses out. That's kind of my long-term goal to help educators as well. Um, but yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. I love connecting with other educators and, you know, it's really my passion. I joke. I'm like, I finished with school yesterday. I'm like, Oh, I just get to work on, you know, my passion projects for a month. Like, yay. (laughs) Well, everyone, I definitely highly recommend Debbie's book, no matter how, what your level of tech is. Cause like she said, it's got her story in there as well. It's just just an amazing, amazing read. You definitely will get some from it. You can follow um, us at, at punk classrooms, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Mike R. Earnshaw, both Twitter and Instagram. And Josh was lucky too. Same handle for both at Josh R. Buckley. Um, We got our website, www.punkrockclassrooms.com. We've got our blogs. We got poetry up there. We got the podcast. We got merch. Um, And you can also find us on the teachbetter.com and the podcast network. So check us out, all the other amazing podcasts as well. Debbie, thank you again for sitting down with me this morning. Um, And I'm guaranteed we're going to have you back on and have a much longer conversation. Oh, I would love it. That's like, I keep joking that that has to be like the next thing I work on because this PD thing has kind of become such a passion for me and I have to figure out the best way to pursue it. But this was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Everybody will see you at the show. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.